Welcome one and all to another uh, edition of uh, Wealth Guardians Radio. I'm Sean Lee. He is Doug Ray. Uh, have uh, So happy to have you with us this weekend. Got a lot of great uh, uh, information we're going to be sharing with you. We're actually uh, speaking today with uh, uh, Zachary Setzer. He is a uh, estate planning attorney. And we're going to be talking about uh, estate planning from the perspective of, you know, when you look at it, you know, it's used to, uh, it, it, it actually, since 2012, okay, here's the deal. The estate planning exemption has been over over five million dollars per person. So, you know, when you look at that, the change, the focus of estate planning for everyone with an estate that's less than that um, has been quite significant. There's a few th- uh, key things that we want to look at, though. How do we avoid probate? How do we, you know, use estate planning from an asset protection standpoint? What about bloodline protection? What about stretching retirement assets and also making sure uh, you have a kids protection uh, plan in effect. Um, so really estate planning is more than just about those folks that have, you know, $5 million, $10 million, $20 million in assets. It can be for all of us. Wouldn't you agree, Doug? I absolutely would. And, you know, Sean, I've been really uh, excited about having uh, Zachary in on the show. Uh, I met with him um, several weeks ago now, and he is a sharp young man. And what's cool about Zachary is Zachary's office is down in Weddington. Mm-hmm. And um, Zachary actually went to school with uh, friends of uh, my oldest uh, son. Okay. Uh, so that tells you right there, Zachary's, um, he's not an old attorney, but he's a sharp young attorney. But it was really a lot of fun sitting there uh, reminiscing about the old days and so forth. And one of the neat things uh, that I'm seeing now is, is seeing these kids. I call them kids because, mm-hmm. you know, I think of my son. Any parent thinks of their kids as kids. Right. And, uh so the neat thing now for me is watching some of these uh, young men and women come back and see what they've, they've done with themselves. You know, Zach has turned out to be a, a really good attorney, some others of nurses and, and, and a few doctors in there and some right. business folks and engineers and so forth. So it's really kind of a neat thing. And one thing that uh, Zachary brought to my attention that he does, uh, and you parents and grandparents, you need to pay special attention to this because we're going to talk about it a lot. Because um, most attorneys don't do this, and that's uh, the kids' protection planning that uh, the Zachary will talk about later uh, later on in the show. Well, let's get him in here. Hey, yeah. Zachary, you on the line? I'm here, Doug. How are you doing today? We're doing great. We're doing great. So um, let's talk about uh, estate planning a little bit because things dramatically changed uh, a year or so back. Uh, you know, as as Sean said on on the lead in, uh, you know, we're up to what five point four million dollars per person, and uh, when properly done, you've got a uh, a total shelter of an eleven million dollar estate. And that covers most people pretty good. But why don't you try to outline some other issues that you see on a everyday basis with uh, with estate planning and and wills and so forth? Yeah, I mean that's absolutely right. What you're saying. Um, the estate tax itself used to be the whole uh, central guiding principle in estate planning for most people. I mean, uh, I work with people all the time that last time they updated their plan was maybe 20, 15, 20 years ago, mid to late 90s. The estate uh, tax exemption back then was six hundred to $750,000. A whole lot of people had estates that needed tax planning. Um, and and those people's estates are planned with an estate tax planning uh, goal in mind. And basically what I'm 
out there telling people all the time now is if that's when you did your planning, um, you need to go back and look at it because those structures that were set up then for estate tax planning may have nothing at all to do with the estate planning you should be doing today. Um, so that is a, a really big part of what I do. Uh, the goals today are different uh, unless, of course, you're doing quite well and you're above that either 5.4 million if you're single or uh, double that if you're married. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, the goals today are more along the lines of uh, avoiding probate, asset protection, which is, uh, you know, for your kids, uh, if they go through a divorce, if they have um, some kind of life mishap or they start a business or something, they end up in bankruptcy, um, lawsuits like car accidents and that kind of thing, uh, their inheritance can be protected from all of that stuff. Uh, so that's a big one. Um, another big one is uh, what we call bloodline protection, which is uh, essentially um, just ensuring that your inheritance goes to your kids in the end and doesn't accidentally or accidentally on purpose in some cases uh, end up in the hands of a stranger to your family, uh, which which is a major concern that most people don't even think about. Well, Zach, I want to uh, step back just a, men- a minute because you mentioned uh, something called probate. Uh, a lot right. of people have heard the term um, bandied about a bit, but I don't think many of our listeners really know exactly what probate is. Can you just get into that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, understanding why you want to avoid probate kind of requires you to know why you don't want to go through probate in the first place. Probate is... Um, Probate itself comes from a Latin word that means prove, and it's the process of proving that this document that some heir shows up with, they say, that here's the will. Well, you've got to prove that that's the will. So that's where probate itself comes from. Uh, the probate process uh, generally gets – that term gets applied whether there's a will involved or not. For one thing, that's one point to clear up. Um, so if you if you didn't have any will at all, you're still going to go through an administration process that people typically call probate. Um, that probate process is a court process. It's a formal the, – the degree of formality depends on some of your circumstances, but it is a, a formal court process overseen by the judge of probate, which is typically the – uh, clerk of superior court for the county where the person lived. Um, it's just it's, it's the process you have to go through to uh, collect all the assets the person owned into the estate, pay any debts that were outstanding, give notice to creditors and that kind of thing, um, take care of all the tax filings that need to be done, pay taxes that may be due, any fees and that kind of thing. And eventually, once all that's finished, to pay out and distribute any remaining amounts as an inheritance to the beneficiaries of the estate. Um, That process has a a minimum timeline in North Carolina of six months. So that's the fastest you can possibly get it done. In reality, if it's really simple, maybe six months can happen. Very common for it to go a year, two years, even longer if there are problems, complications, property that needs to be sold and that kind of thing. Um, 
the kind of downsides to probate are there there are a few big ones one is the cost um it can cost up to and in in some cases even more than 5.4 percent of the value of your estate so uh if you have a million dollar estate you're looking at fifty thousand dollars of expenses and so on um the other big negative is it's a completely public process just like any court process there's a court file it's public record you can go down to the courthouse and pull the file uh that means that the accounts and inventories and everything that are part of that probate process are all in the file anybody can go down there and look at a complete spelled out list of every asset that's in your estate uh who's in charge who are the beneficiaries what's being done uh and in today's world of scammers and uh and predators and that kind of thing you can imagine that's not necessarily what you want absolutely and zachary we're up against a hard break so we'll be right back talk a little bit more about uh, probate how you can avoid the unnecessary cost Uh, you're listening to the wealth guardians radio show we'll be right back and this is the wealth guardians with doug ray and sean lee where it's all about the health, wealth, and freedom, you need to live life your way. Today's guest is Zachary Setzer, an estate planning attorney in Weddington, North Carolina. And we were talking about probate uh, in the first segment, and I think Zach gave a really good uh, uh, definition or explanation of what probate is. Uh, two things to highlight there. It is um, an open process. It's public, means anybody can see uh, what items you have uh, in probate, and it's not cheap either. Uh, Zachary was saying that uh, a million-dollar estate could cost uh, as much as $50,000 or more uh, to go through the probate process. Zachary, let me ask you this. What items uh, of the estate are probatable? That's a great question. Um, <clears throat> typically, what is a probatable asset would be any asset that is not controlled by a beneficiary designation. So you have life insurance, you have retirement accounts. Uh, if you have joint accounts with a right of survivorship on them, um, a what's called a payable on death or transfer on death account, those kinds of accounts are not probatable. They have those other mechanisms to determine where that money goes, and they avoid the probate process. Now, there's a caveat there that if that money is required to pay creditors, it can be pulled into the process. But as long as that's not necessary, then they bypass the probate process entirely, which is great. Or Zach, one thing I have heard uh, uh, in the past that if you miss, you know, sometimes if you mistakenly, um, you know, have your beneficiary on your IRA as your estate, does that bring it into the probate pos- process? Absolutely. Any any of those assets, that would be true. Um, life insurance, uh, in, any of that stuff. If you name your estate, um, then they do go into that probate process as well, which is uh, there may be very narrow specific circumstances where that might be a good idea to do, but typically that's something you want to avoid. Okay. And and if you just joined us, we're uh, talking with uh, Zachary Setzer today, an estate planning attorney here on the Wealth Guardian Show with uh, Sean Lee and Doug Ray. 
Zachary, right now what I'd like for you to do is to give out your website uh, because I think you might have some folks out there that might be interested in, in taking a further look at uh, some of these topics we're talking about today. And also I believe you uh, on your website you're, uh, you're offering anybody a free consultation. Is that correct? That's right, although um, I try not to call it a free consultation. Our initial planning meeting is a full two-hour nuts-and-bolts planning meeting. Uh, consultation gives people the impression they'll be in there for 15 minutes for a meet-and-greet. Um, so our first meeting is a real full-on, hard-hitting working meeting. Uh, we call it the Family Wealth Planning Session. And that's right. We're offering a fee waiver for that. We normally charge a fee of uh, $500 for that session. You get a whole lot of uh, really great in-depth analysis of your personal situation. Uh, and if you decide at that meeting to go ahead and engage us to work on your plan, we actually go ahead and design the entire plan right there while you're there. Well, that's pretty doggone good. So how do they contact you? Um, our firm name is Providence Wills and Trusts. Our website is ProvidenceWillsandTrusts.com. And if you go to ProvidenceWillsandTrusts.com slash WBT is where you'll be able to find that certificate to download the fee waiver. Very good. Listen, I got a case study I want to throw at you since, since we got you for the full hour here. Uh, this is an interesting situation. I was telling Sean about it before we came in to, to do the show. Um, Last week, I had a listener uh, call up and wanted to meet with me, and, I, and I'm, I'm just curious as to what advice you'd give him from an attorney's point of view. So here's the situation. Sure. <clears throat> He's 45. Um, he has uh, a brother and a sister. Uh, father passed away uh, in March, and believe it or not, yes, even in this day and age, this, this, uh, this father did not have a will, so he died intestate. Um, the father had been sick for, I guess, several months leading up to, to his death. And uh, this particular listener uh, had actually moved in with him a couple years ago uh, to try to help take care of him. So here's the situation. Uh, sometime last year, he had uh, his dad uh, put on his checking and savings account uh, this listener's name with a transfer on death uh, uh, authority on it. And uh, then also, at some point in time, had the house put into um, his name. So here he is. He, he's died without a will. And we just talked about probating. Yep. What would you advise this, uh, this young person to do? So he has put... He's virtually put everything in his name, and yet he's... put everything in his name. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, well, it would depend on what his goal is. Um, what what would his goal be to accomplish? Zachary, that's a good question. I'm not I'm not a hundred percent sure because there's the sister and the brother who are dangling out there in space. Uh, well, yeah, exactly. And that's the question: is um, what is the goal? Because it, you know he has he has a choice of of what to do. There, uh, assuming that he's he's a stand-up guy that's um, wanting to share equally, um, then you have one path, which essentially would be um, uh, that's one of those. 
I wish you talked to me sooner situations. You know, that happens all the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, he, you know, he, would, he would go through a process of, of dividing that stuff up. He'd actually end up probably having to file gift tax returns uh, for transfers to his siblings. Uh, and it's, it's definitely one of those situations where that could have been avoided with some planning ahead. Well, I think personally he's got some problems uh, ahead of him, and my advice to him was pretty much to do the same thing, go sit down with his brother and sister. And, uh, you know, I asked him, I said, had there ever been any conversations in the past with your father about where he wanted the money to go? And he said, yeah, we talked about that, and and Dad seemed to, um, uh, you know, want us to divide it up equally. I said, well, then maybe maybe the three of you need to get together, sit down, talk this over, and figure out how you're going to divide the assets up. Yeah, that's right. Uh, From a legal perspective, um, and I see this all the time, it actually happened in my own family two generations ago, um, where that's how some people handle the estate and then uh legally speaking there's there's no recourse for the siblings if he decided not to share so um and and it happens all the time where the sibling says oh you know what i think that i deserve to have all of this and i'm just going to keep it Unfortunately, that does happen. It absolutely mm-hmm. does. Now, we've only got about two minutes before our next break, but uh, uh, Zachary, if you could just, you know, if we can get started on how do you avoid the probate process? What are the things that need to be in place so that, you know, you don't have to deal with this, you know, especially at a trying time, you know, a, a close family member passes away, you know, obviously you want that to be as, a, as smooth of a process as possible. What are, are there some key things that need to be done up front? Yeah, absolutely, and it has to be done up front. And it's uh, we talked about some of the the non-probate assets. So option one is don't own any probatable assets at all. Um, people with very simple estates can avoid probate by having uh, transfer on death accounts and, and beneficiary designations, and, and that's it. Um, if you own real estate, if you have other property and that kind of thing, uh, that's not going to be enough to do it. Um, so what the, the main tool that is used as a, as a probate avoidance tool is called the revocable living trust. And that's really been the cornerstone of estate planning since about probably about the mid-'80s. Um, the will, unless you just have very minimal assets, is pretty much um, has pretty much been supplanted by the living trust in situations where people have, you know, I would say three, four hundred thousand dollars and up in net worth uh, in in terms of probatable assets. Zachary, I'm going to have to ask you to hold your thought because we are up against a break. You're listening to The Wealth Guardians with Doug Ray and Sean Lee. with the Wealth Guardians radio show. I'm Sean Lee. He's Doug Ray. Uh, if you're uh, just tuning in, we've been uh, speaking today with Zachary Setzer. He's a state planning attorney uh, in uh, uh, Weddington, South Carolina? Or Wed- Weddington, North Weddington, Carolina. Weddington, North Carolina. Yep. 
And uh, before we get uh, back with Zachary, I do want to mention we do have a uh, retirement planning workshop. Uh, it's going to be coming up in the Concord area. Uh, it's going to be next week, next Thursday, and for, or the, this coming up week, this Thursday and Friday. I'm sorry, Tuesday and Thursday. I might be able to get it out there, right? Uh, start time is going to be right at 6.30. Got a lot of great information to share, especially if you've got money in the market, if you've got money in a 401k, uh, concerned about Social Security, concerned about running out of money before you run out of life. We're going to be covering all of those topics. It's a free dinner workshop. All you have to do to uh, attend is uh, go to our website at wealthguardiansradio.com, and you can uh, contact us from there. So, uh, Doug, before the break, we were talking with Zachary about ways to avoid probate. And, and Zachary, I think you mentioned the revocable living trust, and, and that's been kind of the, uh, a key staple in the estate planning arena. So let's, uh, let's continue on with that. Tell us a little bit more about uh, how that works. Absolutely. Uh, and, and it's, as I was saying, it's, it's become the cornerstone of estate planning um, to the point where uh, – 98% or so of my clients set up a, a re- revocable living trust as opposed to a will because they're just so versatile and powerful. They avoid probate. Um, and essentially how it works is uh, we call it a will substitute because it does everything a will does plus more. So um, one of the issues, though, with them is – when we when we talk about it that way and it fills that same role, people think it works the same way as a will, and it doesn't. And that's actually what causes most living trust-based estate plans that don't end up working properly to avoid probate. That's the reason they fail is because people don't realize with a trust, you actually have two parts to this process. Part one is getting your legal documents drafted. Um, but a lot of people think that's where it ends. With a will, that is where it ends. You just write down where you want everything to go, and and that's it. Um, and unfortunately, there's a, a major lack among uh, especially general practitioners that just do a little bit of estate planning on the side. But even among a lot of the real estate planning attorneys, uh, there's a, a lack of help with what we call the funding process. you got to get all of what would be probate assets and retitle them so that they are owned by the trust. So that's really one of the main things when you're choosing an attorney to work with on this. You need to make sure not only are they going to do a good job drafting the paperwork, but also they're going to help you make sure that funding process gets done fully, completely, correctly. Uh, so that the plan will actually work like it's supposed to when the time comes. Because I guess my understanding is no matter how good that trust actually is, unless you retitle those assets, it, it really wasn't worth it. I mean, if you don't actually go through the process of putting those assets into the trust or you know being owned or titled with the trust. That's exactly the case. That is exactly right. And uh, I have a good friend who's a, a financial advisor now, he used to be a trust officer at a bank locally here and he he told me one time that so frequently did he have to tell people why their mom or dad's trust did not work to avoid probate that he he got tired of talking about it and he wanted to just have a recording 
that he could play back for him because he got so tired of explaining this, and that's just how how common the problem is. All right, Zach, I've got a question then. Doesn't a pour-over will do just that? That is a great point, Doug. Um, all of our estate plans, and hopefully anywhere you go, although I run into a few where they were not included, but a pour-over will should always be included with a living trust. And basically what a pour-over will does is it's a will if there's a backup, basically, if there are assets that are not funded into the trust at the time you died, then the will says, all right, put them in the trust now. So the trust will continue, uh, will, will control from that point. Problem with that is then it has to go through probate before it can get into the trust, which if you if your main point with the living trust was just probate avoidance, then that's shot at that point. Now, if you have a living trust with more enhanced, uh, advanced terms in it for asset protection, bloodline protection, and that kind of thing, then you still get the benefit of those aspects of it, even though it's going to have to go through probate to get there. If you're just uh, tuning in, you're listening to the Wealth Guardians radio show with Sean, Lee, and Doug Ray. We're speaking with estate plan attorney Zachary Setzer. Uh, Zach, I have a quick question for you. As far I get, and I get this a lot from, especially clients who are moving into the area from other states. Uh, it always seems to come up. Well. I had this trust set up in New York or in California, and now I'm here. Um, you know, it was maybe five, ten years ago. Do I need a new one? Do I need? Is there any updating that needs to be done so that it's in in uh, or if it's it's appropriate with North Carolina law? Can you speak to that a bit? Absolutely, I get that question all the time. Um, and and really, the answer is a pretty simple answer, which is. In most cases, if it was good where you did it, it's good after you move. Um, wills are valid as long – if you're in North Carolina and you have a will that was drafted in another state when you lived there, as long as it was valid where it was drafted, it's going to be valid here. Uh, same applies for trusts. What I really run into mostly when I am in those situations and people bring in their, uh, their trusts and wills and things, and I review them, is they don't have to do any updating or anything because they moved, but they do have to do some updating just because either their life has changed, the law has changed, the family's changed, or what they had to begin with just wasn't adequate. So if you've been listening to us talk to Zachary Setzer today, and you're sitting there wondering, gee, do I have everything in order? Does You know, I have a looked at my will in, in years, uh, do I need a living trust? Well, Zachary is offering to have you in his office for a two-hour full consultation that's going to be absolutely free to you. Now, let me tell you how you can take advantage of that. Go to www.providencewillsandtrusts.com slash WBT. And I'll tell you what, I would take advantage of that. That's two full hours with a, uh, uh, an incredibly sharp young estate planning attorney. You know, and that, that is a $500 value at no cost. 
at no cost whatsoever. I mean, there is a cost, the cost of your time and, and sitting down and doing it. But, you know, I don't know how many times, Doug, and I, I get this all the time, that, you know, there are those questions about, you know, my estate. How is it set up? Is it is it going to protect my son against his uh, his spouse who may or may not be a gold digger? You know, that kind right. of thing. Mm-hmm. And, again, that, that's not always the case. But uh, what if the, the family situation changes? I want to make sure that the people who are supposed to get these assets actually get these assets. And I think that, you know, this is a great opportunity for uh, all of our listeners to, you know, really get that financial house uh, in order from a, from, a, from a trust standpoint or from an estate planning standpoint. You know, Zachary, Sean brings up a really good point. I mean, we've got uh, in this country today, divorce rates are 50 percent, I guess, and rising. How do you set up an estate plan to take care of situations like that? Right. That's a great question. And uh, trust trusts are just so powerful it's you know people think of trust as something rich people have and and nobody thinks they're rich which is is also funny in a way Uh, so a lot of people that really ought to be doing trust planning feel like that's something for people that have way more than i do but really trust planning is is incredibly flexible and can serve so many purposes um, a, a trust, uh, talking about divorce, um, and you hear about prenups all the time, you can actually protect yourself just as well, if not better, uh, with a trust than you can with a prenup, um, or use them in concert to protect from your own potential divorce. Uh, where they're even, possibly even better, is talking about um, potential divorce of your kids after you've already left the inheritance behind. Uh, and, and you can leave the inheritance in trust to your kids, and if they go through a divorce or they go through any other kind of creditor situations, bankruptcy, lawsuits, uh, loans that they can't pay back, etc., uh, those, those assets are just completely protected from all of that stuff. And, and it's, it's just... It's, it's the most powerful asset protection you can do in North Carolina. And we'll be right back with more Wealth Guardians uh, after a few minutes. And this is the Wealth Guardians with Doug Ray and Sean Lee, where it's all about the health, wealth, and freedom. You need to live life your way. Today, we've been talking with Zachary Setzer. He is an attorney in Weddington, North Carolina, specializing in estate planning, wills, trusts. We've been having actually a great conversation with Zach today uh, about how to avoid probate, things to do if if you want to make sure that your assets get to where you want them to go, uh, considering that we have such uh, high divorce rates and so forth. Uh, It's been a very very eye-opening conversation. At the beginning of the show, I kind of teased you a little bit about if you're a parent or a grandparent, uh, you might want to listen real closely to this show because Zachary does something in his practice uh, that uh, I haven't seen many attorneys even speak of. He has uh, something he's put together called a Kids Protection Planning Program. And um, I first learned about it when I sat down with Zach a few weeks ago to talk about doing this show. And uh, I was I was very uh, uh, interested in, in this program. So Zachary, tell tell us a little bit more about this uh, the kids protection planning program. 
Absolutely. Uh, it it really is best understood in, in contrast to what normally happens as far as guardian planning for your kids, which is easy to explain because it, it really only consists of one thing, which is you have your will, you've named who you want the guardian to be. Maybe if you're being thorough, you've named a backup, and that is the full extent of guardianship planning that you've done. Um, that's pretty much what I did. That's it. <laughs> yeah, that's if, about if right. You, if you really think about real life um, and and what's going to happen if, say, you and your spouse are going down the road on the way home, the babysitter's with the kids, and you're in a car accident, um, what's the reality there? I mean... The, the will doesn't even go into effect until it's been probated. You've got kind of an in-between time where everything is up in the air. So the kids' protection plan is kind of designed to fill some of those gaps. Uh, so, so the number one feature there is what we call the short-term or emergency guardian, which is a person that uh, is intended to be there within 20 minutes if, if they get a call that anything has happened to you. Of course, in Charlotte, hardly anybody in Charlotte is from Charlotte anymore. So it's uh, a lot of people have moved here, uh, siblings, parents, uh, whoever may be the long-term guardian. They may not live around here at all. They may, they may take days to get here. Uh, so you want to have that emergency guardian, somebody that can be there within 20 minutes if there's an emergency to take custody of your kids. So they don't end up in the custody of uh, the foster system, child protective services, and all of that. Uh, so that's the main thing. And then there's also just the fact that uh, imagine yourself as, as a guardian inheriting a kid or kids, and uh, they just get dropped off on your doorstep, uh, basically. Um, imagine that. No owner's manual, no... Uh, detailed instructions, medical issues, all that stuff. So that's really the other big key aspect of the Kids Protection Plan is leave an owner's manual for your kids in case somebody else actually does find themselves in the position to have to raise them. Educational, um, extracurricular stuff, medical stuff, uh, you know, religious stuff, things that are important to you, values, uh, disciplinary philosophy, all this stuff that is really going to help them in a real way if they end up actually raising your kids to to be able to do it as close as possible to the way you would yourself. You know, that just seems so logical. Why, why in the world have we not heard of this before? <laughs> uh, that is a great question. I wish I could take credit for having the initial idea for this. Um, the, the initial idea came from uh, a lady who's an attorney out in California who was a mom, and she was out to dinner, and she was sitting there thinking, you know, I don't have any family anywhere near here. She was from the East Coast and moved out there for a job after law school. She said, if something happened to us on the way home, it would be chaos. And, and she had this idea for the Kids Protection Plan, and I had the same reaction the first time I heard of it. It's like once you hear it, it's so obvious, and yet 
hardly anybody is doing it. You know, and 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 Zach, I actually had a will uh, drafted a couple a uh, couple years ago, and you know, from my perspective, my wife does everything. She takes care of the kids. She takes them to school. You know, uh, all the medication, doctors, and all that stuff. You know, it's almost like I would need that in case something, God forbid, ever happened to her. I need those details, instructions <laughs> on what am I supposed to do, when, and why. Because I mean, you know, for a lot of dads, it's it's, it's I'm sure it's the same way. Yeah, you got three wild young boys. Got to three take. of them. That's right. <laughs> yeah. But that is that is such a uh, interesting point. And the other thing that you know really hit me was the whole short term uh, guardianship. So mm-hmm. if something happened to me and my spouse, and you know, let's say we've got her parents on as guardians, you're saying during that six month period to longer, as far as long, how long it takes for the will to go through probate. Potentially, my kids may not stay with them. They may have to go through the foster system. Is that what I'm hearing? Uh, well, not quite that extreme. Normally, um, it's just until the will actually is presented and approved for probate. And then and then you have to have a separate court process for the official uh, appointment of a guardian, which can be anywhere from a, just a really simple, quick process. And by simple and quick in the legal system you're talking about weeks right um if there are any issues though um extend that on out and and there's stories abounding of families that contested that process and they end up the kids end up in foster care while that's all being worked out in some cases not normally uh but but in some cases that is what happens all right, if you're listening to us today and some of this uh, information just uh, hits you uh, right between the eyes, like I think it did Sean and I just a moment ago, and you want to sit down with Zachary, uh, he is offering to you a free two-hour full counseling session. All you have to do is go to www.providencewillsandtrusts.com slash WBT and uh, and there's a certificate right there to, to sign up for this uh, counseling session. Two hours full counseling. Zachary, I got to tell you, that's pretty generous on your part. Well, that's you know that's where it begins, and and it's really important to um, just take a thorough, full picture of the whole situation and all the aspects: the financial, the uh, the risk of being incapacitated and doing powers of attorney and that kind of thing, which we didn't get into today, but that's also a critical aspect of this planning, as well as the guardianship planning if you have minor kids. And uh, and that's just, you know, that's what it takes to really go through all of that. You know, Zachary, we've got less than a, a minute left with you, and I, I just want to Thank you so much for uh, coming on board today and, and speaking and talking about these issues. They're, they're important issues. You see them every day. Sean and I see them every day in terms of people not even having a will. I mean, it happened to my best friend. Uh, he died in test state, and here I am in this business. Mm. And, uh, you know, for, for me to have, have to gone through that, it, I just uh, could kick myself. But anyway, thank you so much uh, for coming on board today, and we'll have to have you again. You're listening to The Wealth Guardians with Doug Ray and Sean Lee.
The opinions expressed by Beacon Wealth Advisors and guests on this radio show are their own and do not reflect the opinions of this radio station. All statements and opinions expressed are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Investments involve risk and unless otherwise stated are not guaranteed. Past performance cannot be used as an indicator to determine future results. Strategies mentioned may not be suitable for everyone. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you. Before acting on any information mentioned, please consult with a qualified tax or investment advisor to determine if it's suitable for your specific situation. Information provided is not intended as tax or legal advice and should not be relied on as such. You're encouraged to seek tax or legal advice from an independent professional advisor. This program is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with regard to subject covered. Investment advisory services are offered through Brookstone Capital Management, a registered investment advisor. Brookstone and Beacon Wealth Advisors are independent of each other.